0: hi welcome to evidence for faith it's your host michael lane so glad you're joining me again as we're continuing our study on why are there so many different translations. Just this past weekend, I was speaking at a conference on apologetics, and a person came up and asked me a question that we have already approached in this study, and that was, if the Bible is the true Word of God, why are there so many different versions of it? And it was interesting having to explain this again. And so, Um, I I put the person, um, I explained the answer quickly to them, but I told them, you know, we're doing a series of this on our website, which you can download for free. So today, what we're going to be looking at is another one of these Bibles that people often are confused at. When you go into like a Christian bookstore or even a Barnes & Noble or some other bookstore and you go to the Bible section, many times people are amazed at how many different translations there are. And in this series, we're doing 20. And today, um, we're doing what's called the Amplified Bible, the Amplified Bible. Now, this is one that I found um, just an experience that most people have never heard of. As I've taught classes on different translations, this is one that a lot of people are like, what? This I've never heard of the Amplified Bible. What? It sounds like a you know like an electronics term or something. But there's a reason it's called the Amplified Bible, and it's it's a little different. It's got a very interesting history in the way that it was put together too. Um, It started off back in 1954, and uh, scholars who were working on making a new translation, they started off and um, with the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. And they began, first of all, they produced a small volume and it was from Job to Malachi. And then after that, um, that was published as a a small volume. And then um, soon afterwards they published uh, over a year later, I took them, to, they published another Old um, Covenant part that's from Genesis to Esther. So now the Old Testament was done. And then in 1965, they finally put together the New Testament, thus making the whole Bible a sound volume, uh, one volume. But when they first came out, they were done in three different volumes like that. You would buy them differently. And I personally do have, it was my grandmother's, I have a copy, it was hers. Um, of one of the very, very first printings they ever made of um, the first Bible volume of the Old Testament to come out, The Job to Malachi. I have it sitting on my bookshelf. It's a very interesting Bible. I guess my grandmother really found this interesting. And uh, um, it was given to me by my dad after she died. And so I have it, and it's in a special place. Um, holds very special meaning to me have, that this was one that she would sit and read with a big magnifying glass because she was practically blind. But anyway, this Bible has a fascinating history, as I just mentioned here, and it's it's a really unique type of Bible. There's nothing else out there really like this. For instance, as we've been looking along and studying these uh, different translations, and we'll continue doing this, I want to start off by reading Psalm 23, a psalm that most people are very familiar with, and I'm reading this out of the 1987 version. There is a newer version, there's a 2015 version, but the one that I have and I use the most and I've seen still, just recently I was in a Uh, uh, Christian bookstore, and I was scanning through the Bible sections, and I saw the the 1987 version was still, there were numerous copies on the shelf. So this is still one very, very commonly available that if you go to like Bible Gateways or BibleHub.com or something, it's going to be the 2015. They're going to use the most recent one. But let me read you how this this, this Psalm 23 and let you hear how this is put together. Uh, So just listen as we go through here. The Lord is my shepherd, to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters, Revelation seven, seventeen. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my brimming cup runs over surely or only goodness mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life and through the length of my days the house of the lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place so that's the amplified bible 1987 edition of this passage now the readability as i'm giving you in each one of these things also the readability of this translation is high school level it's a grade 10 is what it comes out every time i've run this um and so it's grade 10 so a sophomore in the united states um high school reading level so it's not this is not a bible you want to give the little kids or um either even uh older elementary students or middle school students this is going to be a little it would be a little confusing to them because what you could not see what i was reading though you could hear it but you couldn't see it there's brackets and parentheses embedded in the text with extra words and that's what makes this thing so unique but before i get too much into that let's talk about what type of translation is this bible this is the, the amplified bible is a an optimal optimal meaning it's a combination of a formal or a word for word and a dynamic or a thought-for-thought translation. So it's like a combination of both of these, even though, in my opinion, this leans a little bit more on the formal or word-for-word side of the spectrum. Um, Matter of fact, their goal was to try to make a word-for-word and explain it in detail. And that's where we get into the purpose and why this Bible is so unique. You see, scholars tried to instill the meaning Yes, the meaning of the words in the Bible. So they chose to use um, brackets and, and parentheses and include definitions and synonyms of certain words and even phrases in Bible passages from other parts of the text. And like I say, they did this by inserting them inside of brackets and parentheses so you know that you're getting that and it's not from the original manuscript. So they're like amplifying the meaning of the text, thus the name the Amplified Bible. Now this, of course, is going to make some passages and some verses quite lengthy because they're adding so much more in it. In short, the translators did their utmost to amplify the words in the text to make them as clear as possible for the reader. That's the purpose of this translation and because of that the purpose of this translation is so unique and and a little different and so spelt out as to what they were doing it's so easy to see they're trying to amplify the words so you get a better understanding of what you're reading so the reader understands it now to do this, they also did a very good thing. They went back to, um, well, they used a base text, as most Bibles do, most translations. They're based upon an, an older version of the Bible. And in this case, they were using the um, the American Standard Version. And that was their base. And they also used, oh, a whole lot of different uh, ancient manuscripts, Masoretic Text, the uh, Nestle um, Allen Greek New Testament. They used a lot of old manuscripts, Hebrew and Greek. They also went back and included the Septuagint. They read through the Septuagint and compared the Septuagint to this. They went back to the Dead Sea Scrolls. And for doing the definitions, um, giving you meaning and synonyms, they used some of the best Hebrew and Greek lexicons available at the time. I mean, this was a very, very well put together study. Um, and, or I shouldn't say study, but translation that they did. It is definitely a translation because it was a, a um, committee of scholars doing this, which brings us to um, getting into what is what is the unique feature? You know, in each one of these studies, I tell you unique things about this, and well, we've already bashed this around a little bit, you know, tossing it back and forth. This version was designed to give the reader meaning and definition to selected words and phrases. It helps the reader to be able to understand the words of the Bible by giving them synonyms or alternative expressions for words and phrases. Um, Many people don't understand the ancient Greek and the Hebrew, and because it's foreign to most uh, of us uh, mostly people today, they're going the extra mile to help try and explain it in this text of this translation. But the most unique feature I find about this translation is who was the chief leading figure of the group of scholars who was in charge of putting this thing together and overseeing it. It was a female by the name of Francis E. Seward. Now, why do I find that amazing? Well, to me, Think back in American history, what's going on at this time, in the uh, latter 50s and through the, um, through the 60s. That was the birth of the woman, uh, women's movement. And here we have a female, Frances E. Seward, um, put in charge. And this was very unusual for a female to be put, particularly at that time, for a female to be put in charge of such a scholarly theological work. I mean this is the 1960s and it was really different now because of that reason right there that a female was chief editor many churches many denominations refused to acknowledge this translation at all even though it had a whole pile of um, a whole very well-known group of scholars working on it uh, very well-known men um, because she was the, uh, the, like the senior editor and overseeing this, that's where a lot of people got have a problem with this. So that is just having to do with one of the unique features. Now what are problems with the Bible itself? Um, problems with the Bible, well, one of the problems that I see with this translation is exactly what they were trying to do can be turned into a problem. The expressions and the amplifications can be actually a hindrance, not a help. I mean, they they did these things to try to make the text more readable and understandable, but in doing so they put so many in here that it becomes a hindrance in a lot of ways. It, it For one, it extends the length of many passages, but it becomes almost too much information and sometimes you already know what the meaning is, and you don't need it, and it's just more reading. So some people that I know who use this, they, you know, you just sort of bypass this. But something that, that um, and I use this translation frequently, too. I'll go to this translation as I'm studying and working on things. But as I look at this, I, um, sometimes I've come across you know, some of the brackets and parentheses, and I really don't need to know those because I know what the words are in the Greek or the Hebrew and so um, or in some of the other translations we have that I use. So that can these expressions, these amplifications can actually be a problem more um, than a help all the time. Second problem with this is that when you're doing this, when you're putting in these amplifications, They can be very subjective and opinionated from the translators themselves. I mean, translators, they try not to be, but they have a bias. And sometimes as they're translating, these biases can easily come out. Um, And so you might get a translator's opinion more than what the word is saying. It's something that anybody who's working on a uh, translation team tries to avoid. But as they are adding definition to the text some of these definitions and synonyms and things are opinionated. So there is where we see the problem. Now, as we've done in every one of these studies, and we will continue to do with these, we're going to take a look at Titus chapter 2, 11 through 13. We're just going to read it. I'm going to read this. Now, you can't see the brackets and the parentheses and things like that that are in this text. But if you know this or if you have your own translation out, um, It's Titus chapter 2, 11 through 13, so as I read this in the Amplified Bible, you'll be able to see, if you have your own Bible out, um, you can be able to follow along and see how unique this Bible is. So, here it is, this is Titus 2, 11 through 13, and it reads, For the grace of God, his unmerited favor and blessing, has come forward, appeared, For the deliverance from sin and the eternal salvation for all mankind, it has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness, your religion, and worldly, passionate, desires to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole, lives in this present world, awaiting and looking for the fulfillment, the realization of our blessed hope, even the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So that's the passage. You're going to probably note right away, that's um, if you're following along with different translation. there's a lot of added words in here, a lot of definitions, a lot of synonyms. That's what the translators were trying to do. In some cases, as um, so I've taught classes of college students on this translation, some absolutely love it. Usually what I do at the end of the, these classes I teach is I ask them which translation um, did you find that you didn't know about, did you find really interesting, and which ones did you find that you really don't care for? This is found many times at both spectrums, both ends of the spectrum. Some people absolutely love this, having all this meaning and definition and explanations in there, these amplifications, if you will. Others find it, oh, this is so annoying, um, having all these added things. So it's it's very, very unique in a different type of Bible. But I say... I use it at times, I will, as I'm doing my Bible studies, I will pull this out and take a look at what this, because I often use many translations, I just don't sit with one. I I use quite a few, as we've already talked about, like in the introduction and stuff of this series. Just one additional comment before I wrap this up with you, too, um, about this Bible. The Amplified Bible, well, I don't know how else you call it, except it's unique. It is really unique. It's a very different type of translation. And because of this, it is so unparalleled in both its development in the way that it was put together and the style of its writing. It can yield tremendous insight of various terms uh, or phrases uh, that are found in the Bible. But as I said, these are not universally accepted or necessarily accurate. One must be careful with this. Therefore, even though I think it's a good translation and i do use it myself i do not suggest it be used as a sole study bible no this i don't i will not recommend this as being your primary just go out and buy one this is the only bible you're going to read no i don't think this is the kind of bible you should use for this but because it has so many things that are added outside of the word of god it is a highly recommended though source it's an excellent side source Um, to use alongside your primary study Bible as you go through um, your Bible study times and listening to what God has to tell you. So that's our Amplified Bible, and I hope you have enjoyed this. If you get a chance, uh, you can go to like BibleHub.com or Bible Gateways or some other program, or you can just Google in Amplified Bible and be able to read it online, or go buy a copy of it and have a copy yourself that you can keep on the site. I think you will find it an interesting translation. Um, if it's not too confusing for you at times. Um, it might be something that will just open up the Word of God a lot more to your understanding. So, until we meet again, take care, and may God bless. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you to our donors who make this program possible. You can help us produce the next course by becoming a donor at evidenceforfaith.org slash give, or use the links in the description. Don't forget to leave a comment, a review, likes, and shares to feed the algorithm and help others find this content. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.